Hello and welcome! Bonjour et bienvenue! This is the Community Trail Running Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Lee. Thank you for joining me once again. So many podcasts out there and I so appreciate you spending a little bit of your time with me. This is episode 75. We have Meet the Minotaur's Andrew Fairhurst on the podcast. It's a wonderful conversation about the event. Really cool sounding event. We'll get to that after just our little bit of housekeeping. Of course, Meet the Minotaur happens in Crow's Nest Pass. And that's where we're also hosting the film festival Friday, June 7th in partnership with Sinister Sports. Those tickets are available now for $25 through the link in the bio. Can't wait to hang out with you all and host a show with Sinister. That's going to be so fun. And of course, that little tour, that's the last show of mine during that little tour. And it, But the tour starts in Edmonton. The first night is Tuesday, June 4th. Those tickets are also on sale. And I can't believe the early bird tickets sold out in just over three days. So the $25 regular price tickets are on sale now. We have special guest from Project Love Run on hand. It's going to be a great night. Calgary on June 5th and Cam more on june 6th those tickets will go on sale in the coming weeks stay tuned for updates and of course the festival in my city here in vancouver is coming fast that's thursday april 4th at the rio theater we've got some fun news coming regarding that show in the next couple of weeks about the opener about some other things you'll want to hear it you'll definitely want to be there get your tickets now we're gonna have such a great time And thank you all for liking, sharing, rating, subscribing. The analytics love us right now, and we're nearly through 1,100 free subscribers and, of course, an amazing five paid subscribers. Thank you all for your support. It means the world to me. Let's keep building this thing through great chats like today's with Andrew. Let's go. Today's guest is Meet the Minotaur's Andrew Fairhurst. Meet the Minotaur is a team effort with Andrew and his wife, Erin Fairhurst. They've been in the Crow's Nest Pass area since 2005, and Meet the Minotaur is a Skyrunner World Series event, making this race a very unique one. Andrew, thanks for coming on to chat about it. Hey, thanks, Adam, for having me on. It's uh, nothing like uh, talking Minotaur. I love talking about it. Amazing. It's better than talking taxes, right? Absolutely. (laughs) Okay, well, before we get into the race, let's just hear a bit about yourself. Tell us about who you are and, and your trail racing and how that happened to end up as a, as a race director. I'll really try and keep this short, but um, yeah, so I got into running actually probably way back in grade five, and it's it's always been a passion of mine. That evolved into cross-country running and then uh, a little bit of mountain bike racing and then adventure racing, uh, and but something I found myself always coming back to is is running and and probably more specifically now trail running for sure in terms of race directing i um early 2000s um there was a company called full moon adventure company now known as sinister sports pretty popular in western canada for sure and um i had helped them out with a few adventure races on a smaller scale and uh if you help somebody out enough eventually become an owner in the business and that's exactly what happened to me and uh so yeah it evolved from there back in 2000 I'm not going to get my dates correct, but 2004, 2005, I uh, I got involved with that company. And then uh, a few years later, um, the current owner, Brian Glant, and I, we started Sinister 7 together and uh, and evolved that to where it is today. And uh, yeah, it was a pretty fun and exciting time and sort of a little bit of background on the race directing history. And then from there, I actually evolved and uh, I moved on. I, I, I sold my shares in that company and had a little hiatus from race directing. 
But then back in 2017, sitting around having uh, a bit of a social with some friends of ours, Ian and Susan and my wife, Erin, we started plotting for maybe what could be next. Well, obviously, um, athletics and clearly the running part of it is, is a big part of your life. It's very important to you. So you couldn't stay away for too long. You must have had so much fun organizing those races. Tell us tell us about Minotaur and because it's a little bit different today than where it started, too. <laughs> It sure is, yeah. It, um, it, it's Ian and Susan Lowell who were our, our business partners previously. Actually, as of last year, they they just uh, they've stepped back now to focus on retirement and then and, and their their life and that sort of stage. And um, yeah, but back in 2016, we sat around and we were talking. And there's a, there's a lot of races on the on, in the market as you're fully aware of. But we actually wanted to come up with something different and. We loved like the adventure racing idea and that the navigation of it. We also loved like our routes being trail running, but then we also remembered that we live in like one of the most beautiful areas in the world in the Crow's Nest Pass. We've got these iconic mountains, super long ridges, beautiful summits right on our doorstep. And we thought like, well, how can we capitalize on that? And we, um, we, we came up with, with what was called Minotaur back then and, and the idea of meeting the Minotaur. And we were playing off of the Greek mythology of the Minotaur and the labyrinth. And we thought about like the maze and trying to get out of it. So in our first few years, we actually had, they were a little bit shorter than our current race, but we were running up high in the mountains, hitting the ridges. But something that made our race courses really unique was a true labyrinth in the middle of it, where you'd be running through the race course and we'd have maybe three, two or three or four of these segments where you'd get to a, a yellow sign in the woods, on the mountain, in different locations, and you were given two very simple options, like either up and over or long and around. And and to see in those descriptive words, you have to make a quick decision on the fly and decide to go route A or route B, not knowing what anybody ahead of you did or what anybody behind you did, and uh, and strategically put it together at the end of the day and, and see how it, it, it came out. And it was super fun. It was a little bit quirky. Some racers were like blown away, like, oh my goodness, like I'm in race... I've got race face and race brain on and all of a sudden I've got to make a decision like this. And it, uh, it, it was really cool. It definitely sparked up a lot of conversations at the finish line and, uh, and, and was kind of a, a neat and different way to, to approach racing. So, um, but yeah, it's definitely evolved a lot more today. Uh, we ran with that up until COVID and then actually just prior to COVID, we had joined the Skyrunner World Series um, uh, with, with our Minotaur event. We redesigned and came up with a marquee race course that's never changing now. It's it sets. It's uh, yeah, 33 and a half kilometers long, 2,900 meters of climbing, which is yeah, just over 9,500 feet of climbing or close to 20,000 feet of elevation change over that distance, uh, hitting some of uh, the most iconic parts of our of the part of our province, uh, the iconic Livingston Range. Um, yeah three summits on the well, four summits really but yeah four high points of the race course which uh is pretty pretty significant so yeah it's, it's definitely evolved from our, our early days but we're pretty excited and, and proud of, of where it's come today for sure and it's very very cool to have uh such an evolved event that's changed so much the the relationship and turning it into a part of the world series there was that the motivation to kind of come up with a more traditional course or did that just sort of happen naturally? Well, yeah. So in our early days, when we had the, the Minotaur in the labyrinth, we, we recognized it was very much sky running with this little bit of a, a little bit of a crux added to it being the labyrinth. 
So by taking away the labyrinths and coming up with a course that was truly skyrunning, we were able to define it as a skyrunning course. Um, we have the course accredited through the International Skyrunning Federation. So it's actually an accredited and, no, and, and marked course, uh, sorry, and recognized course meeting all of the standards for being a true sky race by definition. And um, by being in the Skyrunner World Series, we had to meet the standards of a true, the defining of a, of a sky race. So by meeting those standards, we, yeah, of course, dropped the labyrinths and, uh, and met the, the requirements to, to, to be a part of the series. And that sounds like it's been a pretty good relationship for you and for the race. Absolutely, yeah. Like the, the Skyrunner crew, they're great people to work with. Um, they've got a super strong marketing team, like on an international level, of course, being involved uh, in events all around the world. So, at, uh, yeah, we were quite fortunate to be able to join, join their series and, uh, and, and be a part of it. So this year, we're actually the eighth stop out of 21 events around the world. The, the only stop in Canada and one of only two stops in North America, the other one being in Mexico later in the season. Well, that's pretty wild. Do you do you get a big international influx of runners? We do. It's, it's actually it's, it's quite surprising um, when we just when we see registrations trickling on over time. Um, yeah, you can quote me almost exact on this, but I think we have fourteen different countries already represented around the world for for this year's event, and registration is still open for it. Uh, about twelve to thirteen different states in the United States. And then uh, I think we're close to nine or 10 provinces and territories in Canada. So it, uh, it's quite a, uh, a large draw from both an international audience and, uh, and, our, and the national audience we have here in Canada. So it, if I could put numbers to it, we're probably 25% of, of our racers are visiting from out of country. Well, that's amazing and very cool to be able to bring uh, all those people to Crow's Nest Pass uh, and with their wallets, especially. It's, it's great. It is. It's really good for their community. Um, we, we do live in a small community. Uh, tourism is a, definitely a large driver in our region to, for, as a, like, one of the bigger industries. Yeah, so it's great to have all of these visitors come. They're bringing, of course, their families, companions, etc. And uh, you get this influx of visitors over the course of three or four days when they're here for the Mayatur event. What's been, and I wonder if this has changed as the course has changed, but what's sort of the most fun that you have with the event? Well, that's a tough one. Like, it, honestly, it's, it's a, as any race director will tell you, it, it's a lot of hard work and time and energy that goes into, into the, uh, into the event, especially the two weeks surrounding the event. But, but saying that like, we're not afraid of doing hard work. So there's an attraction to that, like being able to work hard, suffer a little bit, just like we do if we're racing hard. And, uh, but I definitely enjoy getting out on the race course, um, marking the race course, checking it for maintenance or fallen trees, et cetera. Um, but I think my biggest takeaway from the event or my favorite thing is honestly seeing the racers at the start line with this look of trepidation on their face. Are they like maybe some of them doubting themselves or anything like, or just or, or outright fear. It, it, it truly is in their, in their eyes at the start of the event, especially because skyrunning is so new to Canada. So, so a lot of people don't realize what they're getting into. But then when I see these people come across the finish line, Lots of tears of joy, some tears of true sadness, but lots of tears of joy or just people cannot believe what they've done or where we've been able to take them or the environment we've been able to put them into um, with our race course, which is really, really unique. It's quite a unique experience compared to trail races, et cetera. So some people have come across the finish line and be like, holy fuck, I was on the top of a mountain. I cannot believe 
where I was to like look up there. You see way over there? I was up on that effing mountain and just like pointing to their family and then just and yeah, it's it's a really cool experience. And when you when you've been able to give that experience to your your customers, that that is probably one of the most rewarding or the most exciting parts of of race weekend for me. Well, that's certainly uh, something special that you get to experience after all that hard work. So it's a culmination of, of all the hard work for everyone, I guess. I'd love to know, though, going into that hard work, is there something you've been doing this trail, uh, the race directing thing for a long time. But is there something that as runners, we just have no idea until you're on that side of it, what it's like to organize a race? Probably, but I, I imagine if you really gave it some thought, you could imagine what it's like. But I think my biggest takeaway when I got into race directing is that on race day, if you've done all of the work and your homework, the race should actually run itself. And and what you learn as a race director is that generally on race day, you're going to wear the hats that you never thought you're going to wear. You, you have this vision of sitting back, feet up in the director's chair, sipping martinis and, and watching everybody <laughs> across the finish line. But it's really nothing like that. You as a race director, you're like, you're in charge of human resources. You're in charge of medical issues that may come up on the race course. You're, you're out there doing some emergency flagging or putting up some more markers if they got taken down or eaten by animals. It, uh, <laughs> you're, you're, you're talking to the RCMP officer that had a, a 911 phone call from one of your racers that saw wildlife they've never seen before. And they're concerned, like <laughs> you never know what to expect on race day. And that's probably my biggest takeaway as a race director that you really can't, you can't train for it. You can't, uh, you can't teach somebody what to do. It's just going to be, you've got to be able to roll with the punches on race day. Oh, I love that. Before I ask you about uh, your personal goals for the year, if you're doing any running you or um, Aaron as well, I, I'd love you to just maybe give people just a brief spiel on if, if they're going to check out the Minotaur, what are they getting into? Yeah, honestly, I think, uh, well, we have two events. We have the Minotaur Sky Race, which is part of the Skyrunner World Series. It's 33 and a half kilometers long, 2,900 meters of climbing, and about 90% off trail. So you're running, it's, it, you're not bushwhacking, like in traditional adventure racing, you're, you're on trails, but really you're not on like commonly used trails. You're up on ridges, you're running down scree slopes, up scree slopes, um, truly, truly running in the mountains. We do have our uh, the Mini Tour 10K, which is uh, recognized as Canada's hardest 10-kilometer race. So imagine a, a 10-kilometer race with 950 meters of climbing. So that's just over 3,100 feet of climbing. And if you're not climbing in that race, you're truly descending. So it uh, there's really the only flat section is running down Main Street to get to the base of the mountain at the end of Main <laughs> Street. And then, of course, that run back in. But, um, yeah, I, I promise any any of participants of either event will be truly truly challenged and given an experience like no other experience they've had at any other running race it uh it's a truly incredible takeaway well they both sound like a ton of fun i know from people over the years uh, that have been at your events that they've had a great time uh, i'd love to switch gears end on the personal notes do you have any any fun runs that you're working on or your wife erin you know what it uh it I used to race quite a bit more than I do today. Um, saying that, I still, both Aaron and I, I'll speak for both of us, we, we like to race and dabble in, in events as they come up. Um, yeah, Aaron signed up for one of the Elk Valley Ultra events this summer. Um, I actually have not signed up for an event yet, 
but uh, still maintaining my fitness by trying to get out running or riding as, as often as possible or, or backcountry skiing at this time of the year. Well, when the snow is good, it hasn't been that great so far. But um, yeah, I, I sort of like to play rather than forecast too far out. I like to sort of see what races are coming up and then any last minute opportunities uh, to, to jump on to jump on those. So we'll, we'll see what unfolds. I enjoy that too. It's nice and relaxed and you just do what speaks to you in the moment, which is super fun. Um, I think the Minotaur is going to speak to people in the moment. Why don't you tell people where they can follow along, learn more, do all the stuff? Yeah. So the best place to check us out is our website, which is meetthemonitor.com. And then we also have an Instagram account, uh, which is meet the Minotaur again. And then we do have a, a Strava club too, uh, which is under the Minotaur Sky Race. So any of those three socials, you can check us out, follow along, um, and, and get more information. But if you really want to stay in, in touch, the best thing to do would be sign up to our mailing list on our website, uh, meetthemonitor.com. Amazing. A huge thank you to Andrew Fairhurst. A huge thank you to all of you listening. Shout out to race volunteers everywhere, like all of those at Meet the Minotaur. And until next time, I'm Adam Lee, and this is Community Trail Running. Music